Welcome to Talking New Energy, a podcast from LCP Delta, the new energy experts. In the podcast, we'll be exploring how the energy transition is unfolding across Europe through conversations with guests from the leading edge of the transition. Hello, and welcome to the episode. Across Europe, we're still hugely reliant on natural gas for heating, and we're going to be reliant on natural gas for many years to come, even as electrification of heat gathers and accelerates uh, pace. Now, I'm sure most people listening are familiar with heat pumps and can probably describe at a high level how they work. Today, we're looking at a type of heat pump that I think many of you won't have heard of, one that's powered by gas or heat uh, and can use gas way more efficiently than a condensing gas boiler. And while electrification is and will be the main focus for decarbonizing heat, dramatically increasing the efficiency in which we use gas will be a really important stepping stone or even potentially an alternative route to decarbonisation with green gases. And today, this is particularly important as in the energy crisis, we try to reduce consumption of natural gas in Europe and reduce our reliance on, uh, manage to be not, not reliant on Russian gas. Now, to introduce this topic and uh, discuss a bit more about thermally driven heat pumps as, they, as they're known, I have a, a special guest, Luigi Tisha. Hello, Luigi. Hello, John. Thank you for uh, inviting me. Thanks for joining. Um, Luigi, I was going to, uh, well, I think I should introduce you as one of the parents of thermally driven heat pumps. Uh, people in the sector will know Luigi's been involved in this area for many, many years and now leads this area with Ariston, uh, an Italian company, one of Europe's top five uh, heating appliance manufacturers. So, Luigi, this is, well, has it been your life's work? Is that too much or it's been many, many years of work? Yes, quite, quite a while, almost two decades dedicated to the development of uh, this uh, technology and the market uh, and uh, creating norms and regulation compatible with the development of this uh, market. Okay. And if I'm a, to help our listeners understand, let's just look a bit about what thermally driven heat pumps are. Before that, where in Europe, if I'm a homeowner, a, a household, are there countries in which I could buy a thermally driven heat pump today? So uh, thermally driven heat pumps uh, are uh, available in many European countries today and uh, more countries uh, will soon be uh, offered uh, this uh, product and this technology thanks to the introduction of new players, in particular the one we are representing, uh, which yeah. is Ariston. Okay, so, so it's all... We'll on... have a complete coverage of, of Europe very soon. Okay, so it's, it's very much on the market, even if it's not yet particularly widespread. You're correct. Um, so let's help our listeners understand what a thermally driven heat pump is. Um, so it's a challenge to do this without getting too technical, but that's your, that's your challenge, Luigi. Uh, how can you explain it for someone who might be working in the electric vehicle charging space and isn't a heat expert at all? Yeah. So let, let me say, 
uh, first point is correct, is a heat pump. So it delivers heat at a higher temperature from where the heat is taken. So we take heat from the environment, very frequently air, yeah. cold air in the winter. We subtract heat to the environment and we move it at higher temperature level where uh, we, let me say, deliver this to the end user, usually radiators, where, or in any case, an emission system for the building. So this is what a heat pump does. Uh, the way in which we do is substantially uh, different in two ways. Internally to the equipment, we don't have a mechanical compressor like an electrical heat pump, uh, but we enjoy a thermochemical process, which increase the pressure of the refrigerant, which is circulating within the heat pump. On the other side, this process is activated by, I would like to call it molecular energy vector or natural gas, but why I'm generalizing? Because in the future, it might not be only natural gas, it might be uh, natural gas plus something else, yeah. biomethane, or might be only bio LPG or blended with hydrogen. In other words, we will see as in parallel to the decarbonization of the electrical vector, we already see uh, movements in the direct in the direction of the decarbonization of what is today the gas vector. Yeah. Okay, so to summarize what you said so far, there's an outdoor unit that. Uh, absorbs heat from the outside air. The uh, it will deliver heat to radiators, and then that cycle is effectively driven by uh, a thermochemical process. So that's driven, simply speaking, by combustion of, of natural gas. Exactly. But it could be combustion of a different gas. Exactly. I like to think of what many listeners may know is that you can get a gas-powered fridge. And Correct. while most fridges are electrically powered, they can be powered by heat. And in a way, that's a nice parallel for a thermally driven heat pump, Luigi. It's a little bit more than a parallel because uh, the two uh, technologies are very close to each other. Uh, those uh, refrigerators which are uh, used in the minibars of the hotel, when mm. the hotel minibar is very quiet and silent, very often is an absorption uh, refrigeration system, yeah. uh, as well as uh, a refrigeration system in the yachts or caravans uh, are based on absorption processes. Mm. So the basic physical fundamental process is very, very similar, almost identical. Yeah. Where the difference is we consider the useful net effect, the heating in a heat pump. Yeah. In those yeah. appliances, uh, what you look for is cooling. Yeah. But it's the same process. Now, for electrically driven heat pumps, depending on how they're set up and used, you might have one unit of electricity in, let's say three units of heat out. For a thermally driven heat pump, you might have one unit of natural gas in. How many units of heat out? Is usually, depending on the different technologies, because within thermally driven heat pump, we have different possible families, but yeah. usually we talk about 1.5, 1.6 as okay. performance. Then is, in particular, on radiator, we can maintain 
a performance of 1.5, 1.6 on 55 or 65 Celsius. Yeah, okay. So a natural a gas boiler, a condensing gas boiler, may be between 80 and 90% efficient. Yes. A thermally driven heat pump is about 150, 160% efficient. Yep. Um, so it's the thing that I find really fascinating, Luigi. Even if a lot of heat we're going to electrify, we're going to be using natural gas for a long time, some buildings will be difficult to electrify. Yep. And if we can go from 80 to 90% efficient to 150 to 160% efficient, we're almost halving our use of natural gas for heating, which feels yes. like a no-brainer. <laughs> yes. In addition, I would say this can be done immediately. In other words, it doesn't rely on expectation and, uh, let me say, um, additional step needed like the decarbonization of electricity, like the addition of seasonal storage capacity on the grid whatsoever. The infrastructure which is in place today on the gas grid will allow immediately to recover this uh, 40 plus percent of savings on uh, the consumption of our current uh, mm. building, in particular in those buildings, which are the majority yeah. existing building of poor quality in terms of insulation for a ton of different reasons. It might be architectural constraints, it might yeah. be uh, other uh, limits, but in those buildings, very often in categories F, G and E, uh, it's not easy to uh, upgrade uh, improve the quality of these uh, buildings uh, and the solution fit very well because of uh, the fundamental principle on which the technology works uh, while it's not achieving very high level of efficiencies on when the um, thermal lift or the climatic condition are favorable is not decreasing almost at all when the thermal lift is critical okay so when you're when it's really cold outside and you still want your radiators at 50 or 60 degrees 65 degrees the performance of the heat pump doesn't drop off it stays exactly. fairly constant and let me say uh, it's not only a matter of uh, supplying high temperature which is extremely important if you have radiators uh, and uh, and if it's cold outside you need to reach those temperature 55 60 65 yeah. 70 but it's yeah. also the ability in those conditions to deliver power. So constant power is one of the features that the latest um, thermally driven heat pump are capable of delivering across the entire working envelope. And this makes uh, a very unique uh, technology in the um, scenario. Okay, so I don't want to get too much into uh, the, the, the argument for whether you electrify heat or use gas and decarbonize gas can get very polarized, I find, at times. So um, but I think it's, it's clear that there are some homes where it's going to be very hard to electrify heat. And in those homes, a thermally driven heat pump, the outdoor unit you still need, but some other things are simpler. Um, um, now, Ariston, the company you work for, uh, Tell me a bit about their Ariston, your strategy for decarbonisation. Uh, 
and how a how a gas driven heat pump or thermally driven heat pump fits into that are Aristotle placing bets or is it a portfolio play for them so um in Ariston, we have, uh, let me say, a, a mission which is providing sustainable solution for all our possible customers. And uh, we do realize uh, that Ariston has a very large uh, geographical coverage from Far East to Americas, uh, Africa and Europe. But even only concentrating in Europe, uh, the requirements of the European markets are very different. And uh, we want to offer to all uh, possible customer the best possible technology that fit their requirement and, and needs. And for this reason, we have and we are growing a substantial range of uh, a condensing boiler, even hydrogen boiler. We have a range of uh, electrical heat pumps, <laughs> which are... Um, currently succeeding in growing in the, their respective market. We have hybrid solution combining condensing boiler and uh, electrical heat pump. We, so we still believe uh, there are areas which are not completely covered in the heating and or can be better covered with a specific offer which will increase further the efficiency of the previous system in certain applications. We do not believe that there is one technology that fits uh, all the possible application, but we need uh, to have at different point in time for all the different markets, several technologies uh, as demanded by the market. Okay, so very much a portfolio approach, offering a whole range of solutions for different Absolutely. building types, different customers, different markets. Yes, the company has uh, substantially invested over the last few years in parallel on both electrical heat pumps, let me say compression heat pumps, traditional, and uh, gas absorption heat pumps, not in competition but uh, between the two, but in offering complementary service for markets that very often are not overlapped yeah. between the two. Now, in terms of sales, uh, thermally driven heat pumps are probably, fair to say, orders of magnitude below electrically heated electrically driven heat pumps today. Yes. Um, how long ago, how long have they been on the market? Uh, and what's, in your view, the biggest challenge? And it might be an internal thing within Ariston, it might be an external thing within policy environment. What's the biggest challenge to growing the sales of thermally driven heat pumps Okay, uh, they have been on the market for something like uh, 10 plus or 15 years uh, so far. The real point is uh, uh, they were present in the light commercial market. Yeah. So that uh, prevented achieving large volumes and large recognition. Entering the residential market is something that the technology has not yet uh, uh, attempt to do in general. So is when you approach the residential market that you start getting much more popular in terms of uh, recognized by the policymaker, recognized by the installer and the planners and the end customers. 
So is uh, clearly the big numbers generate out of uh, the residential market. And this is fundamentally the reason why we are as Ariston looking at this market, even because it's kind of the, the market uh, at this point in time and more interesting for Ariston in general is where our bread and butter. And in terms of biggest challenge, is it, and I think there are lots of challenges, is raising awareness from customers, so getting some pull for the product, getting installers enthused and excited about the product. Um, from a policy perspective, making sure that there are balanced incentives and uh, support mechanisms that cover the technology. Um, what's, the, what's the biggest challenge of those? Might be one that I said, might be one that I haven't said, do you think? I believe that the largest will be awareness uh, because uh, so far we have uh, managed to get the technology um, recognized at uh, regulation level. For instance, the most important regulation on the HVAC sector, ERP 1.0, and even the new one, which has been drafted just now, ERP 2.0, do recognize thermally driven heat pumps uh, with specific category and uh, specific mention and so on. So that is, let me say, achieved, as well as uh, the majority of European countries have a subsidy scheme and legislation that allow, allow on one side an incentive on the other side, the installation. The real problem is the lack of, um, let me say, residential products uh, has limited the, the, the familiarity and the awareness of this technology in the uh, installer and planner uh, level and at the customer level. So what we need to do to tackle now is this kind of awareness uh, obstacle. But, so you now have the products. How yeah. does a company like, what's the role of a company like Ariston in driving that? Is that Ariston's job? Is it other people's job? Or what What can, what are you doing to try and change that? Uh, very difficult question. Nice to answer in, in 10 years' time when we have achieved it and we will be able to tell you what was uh, the, the secret ingredient to get but let me say there is a lot of things that we need to do um, in the different market with different priorities and different, uh, uh, let me say, um, instrument or tools. Yeah. So, uh, it, it's not one, in, in my personal experience, there is not one single, um, let me say, strategy that works uh, because we have... Uh, countries which have different tariffs, uh, countries with uh, energy tariffs, countries which might have different uh, subsidy level, countries that might have different legislation for the installation. So uh, at Europe is a single market, but with a lot of peculiarities in particular for the HVAC world. So and we need to understand country by country how to deploy the technology. Not easy and... Uh, a challenge even for a larger group like uh, Ariston. Yeah, and I think what I've seen from the heating industry a lot in the past, and I'm generalizing here, is developing a new technology 
maybe working with installers very closely, yeah. but dropping the technology in the market and then relying on the installers to talk about it, to push it, uh, you know, relying on others to, to get that customer pull. Because many heating appliance manufacturers have been quite removed from the, the household as the final customer. Um, so is that where Ariston can play the most in working with installers? Or do you believe a company like Ariston would ever help to create pull directly from households and final customers? So complex answer and I, I don't believe uh, I know every possible solution, but let me say there are different stakeholders in the value chain and uh, each of them might gain something, starting from utilities, which might see in this technology a way to bring renewable energy inside the buildings uh, through the energy the molecular vector or the gas through the, through the gas network. Yeah. And this is one. So <coughs> utilities might see an advantage uh, and might be interested in promoting the technology and supporting technology. But even the installers uh, might see, for instance, the advantage of having uh, an easy installation in terms of certification and requirements. If you are let me simplify a little bit, but the concept is if you are able to install a walling boiler with relatively limited training, you are in position to install a gas absorption e-pump or a thermally driven e-pump. You so, basically need the gas qualification and nothing else. And yeah. that, that is the bottom line. Then I would add some training experience, but uh, maybe having installed a few of them will make you a a professional, let me say, but um, that is the, the, the point. So installers might see this as a way to uh, participate into the energy transition uh, with their current uh, skills and certification and, uh, let me say, uh, structure and organizations. Um, but even planners uh, might see a way to offer product that can address the problem of the current and future legislation where a certain amount of renewable is imposed or a certain increase in energy efficiency of the building is either recommended or imposed or subsidized. This technology can really enter in that market and provide a solution to the planners. And users obviously will have a strong, uh, let me say, drive in what? In the operating cost, substantially reduced, quietness of the appliance, because it's clearly not having the compressor, not having a, a, a large ventilation system, uh, is clearly uh, at advantages compared to alternative solutions. So there are benefits for almost all the players in the value chain. So I think what you're saying, Luigi, is it will actually need the whole value chain to, exactly. to work together. Yes. And um, that for me is one of the critical challenges because there's no one overseeing or orchestrating the value chain. Um, yeah. And it's not easy, whether it's an electric or thermally driven heat pump or any new heating technology. I think we've seen across Europe over the years how hard it is to introduce new heating technologies 
in big numbers into the market. Correct. We, we are very well aware of this. We also very likely are going to use uh, different strategies through different organizations. You need to recognize that uh, Ariston has a different way uh, to reach the customer. Organizations that work on the long channel and organizations that work on the short channel. Yeah. So uh, we interact with the installer easily on, with our certain brands uh, and uh, we go through distributors but in any case we activate uh, uh, the communication to installers and uh, end users uh, with other brands so we have different approach uh, with the different brands even if we are going to offer substantially the same fundamental physics and the same fundamental thermodynamics but they're yeah. going to be different products uh, for the different uh, brands uh, that we are uh, that are part of our group. Yeah, so the the work of the technology, the product, the manufacturing, that's only half the work now. There's <laughs> the communication side, as you said, the short communication, the long communication to households. Uh, yeah, a lot yeah, of. We do not expect a, a step function in which uh, all of a sudden in six months uh, we see volume growing. In that. that is not the expectation. But we believe uh, we need to work uh, on a kind of a medium to long term plan to get uh, these, uh, uh, let me say, uh, positive feedback uh, on the technology and uh, achieve uh, these business objective uh, that we have in mind. Yeah. Um, Luigi, looking back as, as one of the, the parents of thermally driven heat pumps, as I characterize you, um, you've been working on this in this area for 20 years, you said. If you look back, what what do you think your biggest, personally, your biggest achievement is? Or when you look back at the challenges you've overcome, which challenge do you take particular satisfaction from having overcome? Wow. Uh, difficult. Let me say, I've been working with organizations that have supported the... the uh, technology. I have been very often the frontman, mm -hmm. but uh, it would be inappropriate to, uh, let me say, concentrate on myself, uh, the work uh, or the achievements. Uh, let me say that uh, in general, even as associations, because uh, you need to consider that at this point in time, EHI, European Heating Industries, and EHPA, European Heat Pump Association, uh, jointly support the introduction of the technology in the European market. And uh, having achieved that both side of the equation and the most important uh, association in, uh, in Europe are commonly uh, sharing a vision for this technology and supporting the technology at European Commission level, I yeah. believe something which is uh, a little bit of achievement, not of myself, uh, but all the players that have yeah. been involved in many, many years. Then very often has happened that I've been the frontman. I was honored by this and pleased, but uh, this is one of the achievements. Another thing is getting recognized the technology in the majority of the subsidy schemes in Europe and uh, the regulation. Yeah, because it doesn't automatically fit. Most people don't know about it. Exactly. Pump, people jump to electric. Yeah, it's renewable. Uh, part of the heat it produces is renewable because it's using the air. 
heating the ambient air, but it still uses natural gas. So, um, yeah, it's not a straightforward one for people to get their heads around all the time, I think. Yeah. Sometimes it's difficult for people to understand that we can extract more heat from the primary energy, the natural gas, of what yeah. is delivered. Yeah. It's possible simply because we use second principle thermodynamics and we extract yeah. this heat from the environment. Yeah. But it's not immediate and most of the people tend to have a, a kind of a surprise reaction when they hear that we can exceed 100% in eating. But I think in the world we live in today, to be able to uh, to reduce our consumption of gas by that 150, 160% efficiency, and that uh, the retrofit, I wouldn't say is easy because you need an outdoor unit still, yeah. which is a change from a boiler, but um, it's a smaller step for the retrofit. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's it's a technology we need to... Uh, to accelerate as quick as we can, which leads me, Luigi, to the crystal ball. So I think uh, let's bring out the Talking New Energy crystal ball. And from where we are today, if you look forward, I'll set the crystal ball uh, to 2030. Um, where, where are we in 2030? If we fast forward to 2030... Give me a, a picture of one aspect of thermally driven heat pumps in 2030. And that might be numbers of sales. It might be familiarity. It could be anything. But give me give me a picture for 2030. So ha having said that uh, making forecast of uh, the future is difficult, I would prefer to make forecast about the past. Huh? <laughs> Definitely uh, easier. I'm not going to set the crystal ball backwards. It can only go forward. <laughs> uh, so, uh, in reality, we need to uh, consider that not always we are in position to predict all the, let me say, external events yeah. that can happen. Very likely, nobody could uh, anticipate the pandemic, nobody could anticipate the uh, energy crisis, the Ukrainian crisis, and so on. I personally do not know what is going to affect us from now to 2030, but I believe that statistically something will happen that it was not forecasted. Having said this, and having therefore excused myself for not giving exact numbers, because it's going to be extremely difficult, I believe that uh, um, we, in this high level of uncertainty, we already have certain uh, certainty. We know that uh, the level, the amount of buildings in 2050, more or less 70 to 80% of those buildings are already here today. Mm. We know that those buildings uh, will be, even for the plans of the European Commission, if I remember by heart, uh, something like uh, 60% of the building will be directly electrified by 2050. But the remaining portion, what is going to happen? Can we take care differently? Can we improve the situation? Are we going to leave this to, let me say, to their own? So I believe that offering this technology will accelerate in the market the adoption of urgent improvement to the bulk of the buildings. 
it's not wrong to improve further the efficiency of new buildings. It's absolutely right, no question. The point is we build limited new buildings and they are already extremely efficient compared to the current uh, status of the existing buildings. So I would, uh, I believe that uh, if we continue uh, or and try to accelerate uh, the, the adoption of measures um, for the reduction of the emissions uh, will definitely be uh, needed uh, in new technologies in this uh, environment and in particular the, um, the approaching to this large issue which is uh, the, um, the existing building yeah. Yeah. where we need the most and there is where I believe uh, the thermally driven e-pump will find a very unique, but not a niche, a relatively large uh, opportunity. So, Luigi, if we're doing this podcast again in 2030, hopefully we won't have to explain the basics of what a, a thermally driven heat pump is. Hopefully our listeners will know, and quite a few of our listeners may even have one in their homes. But, uh, yes, definitely. Well, it's been Great to have you on the podcast, Luigi, and to hear your experiences and the opportunity to dramatically increase the efficiency of how we use gas for heating in our homes. Yeah, um, and I would say, even in the future, knowing that we are going to have a limited amount of green gases, for those limited amount, uh, we need to maximize the efficiency yeah. at which we will be using. Yep. This gases. Uh, it can be hydrogen, can be biomethane, bio LPG. We yep. need to be smarter than just burning it. We need to pay as much attention to the demand side as the supply side. I agree. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, Luigi. Well, uh, as I said, thanks for, so much for your time. Thanks for joining us today. And as always, thanks to everyone listening. We hope that you learned something new about heating um i'm sure there are lots of links if you google gas driven or thermally driven heat pumps if you're curious to find out more and you can even look at the lcp delta website to see more of our research on efficient use of gas for heating so thanks to everyone uh, and look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode next week thanks and goodbye thank you bye-bye If you enjoy the podcast, then please rate it and share it with your friends and colleagues. If you're as passionate about the energy transition as we are, then you can keep in touch with us and look at our research insights, podcast transcripts and download reports all at www.lcpdelta.com.